What is up, what is up, and welcome back to another episode of Blood and Beer, the show where we talk blood sport and we drink beer. I'm your host, Matt, and as always, there's beer to, beer to drink and blood sport to talk. Set it backwards this time, and today there's actually not beer to drink. We're trying out something new because the gas station didn't have anything that I haven't tried yet. They had our, our, uh, the usuals, the regular suspects. Today we're trying out the Beast by Mountain Dew. We'll put it over here, not hidden by the graphics. And we got a big card for you today. I'll let you know how this is in just a sec. There's no foam and it's a malt liquor. It looks like a beer. Colorblind, it might be green. Who knows? Alright, big card or big episode for you today though. We got a lot to get into. We just had a UFC fight night, a really big weekend of uh, fights all together that, that we're going to go over. We had UFC fight night, like I said. We had uh, Bellator 291, one championship, BKFC. And then Jake Paul versus Tommy Fury, that's happening right now. We're not going to have that on this episode. It'll be on the next one, though. That's huge. And then after we talk about all that, we're going to look ahead at this next weekend's fights. The return of John Bones Jones on an absolutely stacked card. It's going to be amazing. I can't wait for that one. So we'll jump into all that, let you know what we have to look forward to. And then, as always, we're going to have a pick em later in the week where we break these down even more. Um, but first, we'll try our drink. It's a malt, so it, it kind of counts as a beer, I guess. It tastes pretty damn good. It tastes like the green monster. There's no energy in this, so that's nice. I think I wouldn't be able to drink too much of it because it'd give me a bellyache. It feels a little sugary, but it's, it's yummy. It tastes like a green monster. It feels weird drinking out of my Brutus. It's really good. Tastes like a green monster. We'll give it an eight. They, they hit the mark they're going for. They got four flavors of that shit, so I'll probably get a 12-pack. But we're going to kick things off right now. We got the UFC fight night. Main event was scrapped, and uh, it was supposed to be Nikita Krylov, Krylov versus Ryan Spam. It was going to be a great card, a great fight, honestly. The card was still great. Just we missed out on a really entertaining fight between two lightning finishers um but krylov got sick right before the fight it actually got announced on the prelims that that got scrapped it sucked i was really just mind blown but we had a lot of fun finishes a lot of exciting fights back and forth wars we'll kick things off with uh, joe selecki he took out took on carl deaton a uh, short short notice opponent he didn't have one until the last minute he gets him out of there by second round rear naked choke. Um, Joe Selecki, he puts on a gla grappling clinic every time he wins. I'm tripping over my words now. Grappling, gra grappling clinic every time he gets a dub. And this was no different. He was just really completely dominant um, from the start till the finish of the fight. And then after that, we had Ode Osborne versus Charles Johnson. Now, I had this fight picked for Ode Osborne, and when I bet on this fight, it was plus 190 for Ode. By the time I made the Pick'em episode two days later, plus 160. By the time the fight actually started, Ode Osborne had swollen to a minus 170 favorite. And they go out there, and Ode Osborne's really working him. I thought that he won each round, in my opinion. Maybe give Charles the second because of the takedown. But Ode was really cracking the kicks, really just landed the more meaningful shots. Charles Johnson's a flashy fighter. He, uh, he fights with his hands down. He just doesn't seem to have that dog in him. All three rounds were close, don't get me wrong. These guys were cracking each other the whole time. Ode's let kicks to the legs just really proved to be too much. And he was catching Charles 
When he would catch him, it was with a combo where Charles was catching him with one shot at a time. So Ode Osborne wins by split decision in this one and uh, improves my record. Then we had Jordan Levitt. He took on Victor Martinez and or yeah, Victor Martinez. And I was really expecting if Levitt was going to win, he was going to win with his wrestling, take him down, grind it out, or get a submission because that's Martinez's weak point and that's Levitt's strong suit. Martinez, power puncher, striker. He wants to keep it on the feet. Well, they go out there, and Levitt's just putting it on him. He gets him in a clinch pretty early on and uh, starts just throwing knees up the middle. Drop, dr he lands one that starts to drop Martinez and then follows it up before Martinez gets a knee or a hand down straight to the face, puts him out, and then starts throwing some ground and pound on top of it. He gets the first-round TKO and uh, improved us to 2-0 and on the night with our bets. After that, we had uh, Mike Malot, Mike Malo. However, it's pronounced. He took on Johan Lanis, Lanis, and uh, this fight it was really one-sided. Malat he's piecing him up on the feet a little bit, not super active. But then once it goes to the ground, he just knew exactly what he was doing. Um, he had a head and arm triangle set up, but didn't lock it in because he didn't want Lanis to Lanis to try to defend it too early. And eventually, he gets in the mount and he just cranks that head and arm triangle. Sorry. Cranks that head and arm triangle. Gets the first round finish. So um, that put us at 3-0 and for the night. We were having a great night. We would have had a really great night if Ryan Spann could have beaten Nikita Krylov. But the fight got canceled. What do you do? All right. But, yeah, 3-0 and so far on our picks. Then we had Tatiana Suarez. She made a return from a four-year hiatus. She's had injury, and then she got better. She had injury again. She's just had a rough time, but she was a fucking momentum train when she was in the UFC. Um, before, at least, she was not stopping everybody, just dominating everybody. She's 9-0 and now because she defeated Montana De La Rosa. Um, goes out there. De La Rosa, you could tell she knew what to do in the grappling exchanges, but uh, Tatiana Suarez, just a beast wrestler. She moved up a weight class. She usually fights at 115. She's fighting at 125, and she's just taking her out. No problem. She goes out there. Round one, it's really a grappling clinic. Montana De La Rosa, she's doing what she needs to. She tries to stand up. She's defending the takedowns, but it's not enough. Suarez is just relentless, and her pressure is nonstop. She's always on you like a wet blanket. And in the second round, she, uh, she gets the fight... Uh, it gets in the clinch, she's making it dirty, and then she just puts De La Rosa's head under her arm, fucking jumps the guillotine, and wraps it up like a baby in a cradle. Done. Finishes her with the jumping guillotine, jumps into it. So, great fight, great comeback for Tatiana Suarez. She came in at like a minus 900 favorite. And then, uh, finally, not finally, we also had Augusto Sakai. He had a fight in this one. He took on Don Tail Mays. This moved us to... 4-0, yeah. Augusto Sakai goes out there and just completely dominates Dante Mays. He's piecing him up with leg kicks. When it goes to the ground, he's just laying on him on the cage. He's just making him carry his weight. At one point, he just starts throwing knees to the head as he has him. He has Mays. It's in a, in the clinch. He kind of has a guillotine in, but he's not cranking on the neck. He's just holding him so that he can crank those fucking knees straight to the dome, just like Jordan Levitt did. And then he gets the tie clinch. He's doing it again. He's piecing him up from the outside, piecing him up from the inside. He gets top control. He just... He looked great in this fight. Snaps a four-fight skid. Wins by unanimous decision over and just a complete domination of Don Tail Mays. So we're 4-0 on the night at this point.
And I got to be honest with you, I normally don't cash out my parlays, but I was just feeling nervous in the main event, so I did. I got, I think, 37 off of a 5 for that one. And I made the right call, turns out, because in the main event, we had Andre Muniz. He took on Brendan Allen, and they go out there. Allen's striking. He's he's hitting the range. He just seems like he, he's got the range right off the rip. And then Muniz, he starts blitzing him, and it seems like it's got Allen a little uncomfortable. End of round one, um, Muniz goes for a takedown. Allen reverses it and ends up on top and ends up dominating on top, honestly. <laughs> Gets a little bit of ground and pound. That's how the round ends. Round two, a lot of the same. Um, and then in round three, we had... Uh, we had Brendan Allen, he gets top control, and he just, he puts the pressure on. He he gets the, uh, what was it, a rear naked choke. Yeah, he just, he takes his back, he finishes him. Muniz, he's been snapping everybody's arm since joining the UFC. He's been, he's just a submission ace jujitsu guy. I thought his wrestling was stronger than that from what I saw against Jacare, what I saw against Uriah Hall. Seemed like a lot stronger wrestler, but Brendan Allen goes out there, deploys that wrestling, and uh, defeats Andre Muniz with a third round rear naked choke. Big upset there, and I'm glad I cashed out because we ended up winning big because of that. So on the year, because the Ryan Span fight got voided, that's out of there. We're 11 and six, and on this past week, we're four and one. We had a really good weekend. We also, um, I picked this one. I don't know if it was in the last episode because I don't keep track of the non UFC fights. But John Lineker versus Fabricio De Andrade, the rematch. Um, this one was for the one championship bantamweight belt, and it was a great fight. These guys were cracking each other. The first one was a little more one-sided. Uh, Andrade was really piecing up Lineker until a groin shot resulted in a no contest because uh, it shattered Lineker's cup. This one, they uh, it was it was just such a great fight. Honestly, they're cracking each other, and they both have such a different style. Fabricio Andrade, he wants to keep you on the outside. Pop you with the jab and the long, the long right hand, and then he'll occasionally just throw a random body knee straight up the middle. Nothing in front of it, nothing. Just walks it straight in with it, and it lands beautifully, very frequently. And then you got uh, John Lineker. Dude just throws hooks. That's all he throws. He actually popped a jab a little bit in this one, and he was working well in the last round before uh, before this was all said and done, but. He's just throwing power hooks. Dude's five foot three, 135 pounds, 145 pounds actually in one. And he's just a fucking bowling ball. He cracked Andrade a bunch. Andrade almost had uh, Lineker out of there in the first and the third round, or in the fourth round. They just, they beat the shit out of each other for four rounds. At the end of the fourth round, because uh, Andrade was using his jab so well and just peppering up the face, he gets the he, he just he shuts Lineker's eyes. He says he can't see, and uh, Lineker's corner throws in the towel due to the eyes. Fabricio De Andrade, the new bantamweight champion at one in one FC, so that was a super awesome fight. Danielle Kelly also came away with the unanimous decision victory in her submission grappling fight. Um, I didn't watch a whole lot of the card. I know the co-main event, it was fireworks. It was a uh, Muay Thai fight where they just beat the shit out of each other. Now that I say that, it might have been kickboxing. Might have been kickboxing. I don't know. Continuing, moving on, whatever we say. We had Bellator 291, and this was kind of a uh, card. Um, we saw Bryce Logan. He knocked out Peter Queeley in the second round. That was an upset there. 
But in the main event, the only thing I really cared about on this card, um, we had Yaroslav Amasov. He took on y Logan Storley, a rematch from a fight that happened years ago where Amasov uh, took the, you know, or the split decision victory. And what's interesting about this fight, Amasov has been fighting in the Ukrainian war, just came back to take this fight and train for it. And he goes out there and he, he does what champs do. Stuffs every one of Storley's takedowns. Um, if Storley did get him to the mat for a second, it was right back up. Pieced him up on the feet, really peppered the guy up. Just five-round clinic, 50-45 on all the judges' scorecards. So, Yaroslav Amosov, uh, Ukraine-Russia Ukraine war veteran and defending welterweight, Bel Bel Bellator welterweight champion. He looked great. He looked like he could... He could compete with the best of the best, no matter where you're fighting. So um, that was a fun card. Just not the not the best lineup that Bellator could have put out there. We got they got to do better than that. Honestly, that was like a D plus if you if you ask me, and that's being generous. And then finally, from this past weekend, the last thing we got to talk about, we had Bare Knuckle Fight Club, Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship, whatever the fuck BKFC stands for. Alan Belcher, he took on Arnold Adams for the heavyweight title in BKFC. Coming in, Alan Belcher, 4-0. He's been tearing through people in bare knuckle. And he goes out there. Alan drops him twice early. He's really piecing him up, really hurting Belcher. Belcher looks like he's done for, honestly, in the second round. By the third round comes around, Belcher drops Adams, gets up, drops him again. Can't answer the second count. Belcher, the new heavyweight champion of BKFC, and you really don't see it a lot where a guy gets dropped once, even twice, and comes back in BKFC because the damage is so real. Normally, if you get dropped in that, it's because you're fucking hurt. It's not because you got rocked or you got knocked off balance. And for Alan Belcher to come back the way he did at his age, I mean, a UFC vet, dude was retired forever. Looks like he's juiced out of his fucking mind now, but who cares? He's the heavyweight fucking champ of a division that sounds like they don't drug test. So, go Alan Belcher. And then, like I said, Jake Paul versus Tommy Fury. That's happening right now. Um, the fight's not on yet. We're on the prelims still, or the undercard in boxing. But that's going down tonight. And I'm, I'm calling Jake Paul, and I think Jake Paul's taking the fight. I don't know if he will. I just think it's either rigged or Paul's better. Tommy Fury just doesn't seem to have that dog in him. Alright, and then finally, wrapping things up, we're going to look ahead at UFC 285, the return of John Bones Jones. Absolutely stacked fucking card. We got two title fights with uh, John Jones taking on Cyril Gaon. We'll get into that in a second. And then we got Valentina Shevchenko taking on Alexa Grasso. It's going to be amazing. On the prelims, um, it's just... It's such a fucking great card. You might not know all these names, but Fareed Basharat, he's a rising star. He's taking on Damon Blackshear, and that's going to be a fun striking fight, I think. Basharat's just really dynamic, um, and I believe he's a Dana White Contender Series vet. We also have Tabitha Ritchie. She's taking on Jessica Pena. Jan Gary, he's taking on Song Kanan. Striking, striking battle, no doubt. Dude has heavy fucking hands. And then we got the return of Cody Garbrandt coming back to 135. He's taking on Trevin Jones. Trevin Jones took it on about a month's notice. And finally on the prelims, we got Drikus Duplessis taking on Derek Brunson. That could headline any UFC fight night. And that's going to be the featured prelim. That's an amazing prelim lineup. That's a great UFC fight night, the prelims are. 
but the main card is where it's really at, and this card is fucking loaded. You might not know all these names either, but I'm telling you, fireworks. The matchmaking on this is incredible. First, we got Bo Nickel versus, uh, versus Jamie Pickett. Nickel, uh, NCAA champion wrestler, and many expect this guy to be a UFC champion one day. He's a beast, a great wrestler, great striking on the Dana White Contender Series, two first-round finishes. I think all of his fights have been first-round finishes so far, and... Um, He's just looked amazing, and he's got the mindset. He tells everybody he's going to be champion someday. He thinks he can beat Hamzat Shemaev. He thinks he can beat everybody. We'll find out, because Jamie Pickett's no fucking joke, dude. Tall as shit, long, great striking, strong wrestler, and he has pretty good submissions. He, he doesn't get to... I don't know if he even has any submissions, but just with the long limbs, he does, he does a really good job of making people uncomfortable in there. But I don't think that's going to be a problem for Nickel, but... We'll get into that on the Pick'em episode. We'll break that down. Next, we have Matsu Gamrot coming in on two weeks' notice, taking on uh, Jalen Turner. Jalen Turner, another long, great striker, real precise striker. He doesn't waste his punches at all. Dude's a, dude's a beast, and um, really heavy hands. It doesn't seem so heavy, but he's just got snappy fucking punches, dude. Every punch he hits, it just snaps the head back, and... Then he's long, too. He's really long for the 155 division. I think he's one of the tallest, if not the tallest, in 155. Dude's a giant. He's taking on Matsu Gamrot. Dude's got relentless wrestling. Coming off a loss to Benil Dariush, but everybody's losing to Benil Dariush right now. Um, guy's like number three in the world and should be fighting for the belt. Should have fought for the belt three fights ago. But Matsu Gamrot, he just beat Armin Taruki, and he's in the top 15. Dude's a dog. Uh, 155, the most stacked division in the UFC, really in all of combat sport or in all of MMA. 155 is where you want to be if you want to be the best of the best. And um, yeah, these this is going to be a great fight. We're going to see an excellent wrestler against an excellent striker. Who's going to prevail? Usually, it's the wrestler. They got Jalen Turner, I believe, is the favorite in this. The striker. Um, against the ranked opponent, that's a heavy wrestler. I don't know if it's because he's coming in short notice what it is, but we'll get into that, like I said, next episode, whatever, it's going to be a, gr it's going to be a great fight, and then we got Shavkat Rachmanov, rising UFC star, guy's the boogeyman that nobody wants to talk about, he's the Hamzat Shamayev that nobody wants to talk about, he's flashier, he's got the same wrestling skill, he just doesn't use it because his kicks, his punches, they're so great, they're so crisp, Lands just about everything he throws. Put on a clinic against Neil Magny and choked him out in the second round, I believe. He's taking on Jeff Neal. Jeff Neal, heavy fucking hands. Some of the best boxing in the UFC. Hands down, across.